We are Navi Tales, the video game lore podcast that is going to have nothing to do with video game lore this week. I am Josh. I am Nick. And like we said before, we have nothing to do with video game lore this week. This week, we are going to be going over video games in the year 2017 because it is after Christmas for you folks and right before Christmas for us. Hence the Santa hat I'm wearing that you can't see. And we are going to be talking about the games that came out this year. Yeah. And I don't have my iPad on me because I forgot to charge it. So I need to open this up on my phone. I Professional. We, we went over a lot of this list like right after we recorded last week. It was pretty great. Like we finished recording and we were just talking about it because we wanted to. So um, let's uh, we're, we're going to kind of do it. We found a list of like all the games that came out this year. So we're going to what? What, Nick? What are you going to say? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm holding up my phone with my vape. I don't know. My life is hell. He's a Leo. I'm a Leo! <laughs> We're so impulsive. I <laughs> am a little bit annoyed that I didn't charge my iPad because I was going to farm in Future Fight this entire time like I do lately when we record. Oh, poor you. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed out and I can't run in the background like that. It's awful but we are we went through a list and we're kind of kind of tackle the list in some sort of order from january to december yeah so the first game on the list that i can see is kingdom hearts 2.8 which you're a lot more familiar with than i am yeah you didn't play this one did you <laughs> nope i played 1.5 and 2.5 this year but i did not play 2.8 yeah so 2.8 was the collection because they were like hey we did the Two remake collections, 1.5 and 2.5, but we forgot a game. <laughs> yeah, completely. Well, because it was like, we put three games in the first one, three games in the second one, and there was one left. So they were like, hey, go 2.8. Well, well, you're halfway between 2.5 and 3, because 3 will come eventually. Maybe. Um, I did I, did, I got a... Was it an email? I, got, I think I got an email from PlayStation today, because I just get emails from PlayStation... Um, and they were like, oh, vote for, do, do voting for PlayStation games of 2017. I was like, all right, let me look at these. And one of them was like the most, and it was all PlayStation based. So like st stuff like Cuphead wasn't on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but um, one of the categories was like anticipated games and like Kingdom Hearts 3 was on there. I was like, I'm anticipating it, but I don't know if it'll actually come out anytime I soon. I have been anticipating Kingdom Hearts 3 since I was in middle school. Yeah. So let's be perfectly honest. Did you see the um, the Monsters Inc. leak potential? You texted leak? me about it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in. Anyways, two point eight. We're here to talk about that. So, yeah, it comprises of uh, of a fully like remake of Dream Drop Distance because Dream Drop was originally on a 3DS, so now you can play it on console. Um, it has the the Birth by Sleep like. Point two, I think it's called. <laughs> that ten minutes of Birth by Sleep you didn't get to play. Yeah, it's it's af takes place after Birth by Sleep, and you play as Aqua when she's in the realm of darkness. It's basically a glo it's basically a three demo. Yeah. Um, which is fine because it played fantastically and it looked gorgeous. Um, and added a little bit more lore to that universe. I know everybody loves that. And then the. Uh, the last part, they always do two games in a, like a cinematic thing. So they did um, one based off the mobile game, but like 
was all new stuff as far as I'm concerned. We talked about it in our Kingdom Hearts podcast. Check uh, out our Kingdom episode. Hearts lore episode. The, the two first parts. one. The two-parter. Yeah, the two-parter. It was our first two-parter. Yeah. But, so, yeah. I mean, it, it was good. It was fun to play. I haven't played Dream Drop. It was fun to play Dream Drop again. It was fun to... The, like I said, the point two was like a glorified demo for three. Um, that was great, and uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the cutscenes for the other I thing because it was really cool. That, I say as I punch the mic. Yes. Uh, so the next game we're gonna talk about, we're gonna we have a lot of games to talk about this time around. So we're we're gonna not spend too much time on it unless we really want to, because it's our damn podcast and we'll do whatever the fuck we want. So the next game we're gonna talk about is Resident Evil Seven, which I forgot came out in January. <laughs> yeah, it came out really early. Um. I, you didn't play this game because you don't play horror like I do. No, I didn't play it, but I watched somebody play. I watched a Let's Play of it, so I pretty much know everything. I loved this game. That was really good. I kind of wish I played it, honestly. Uh, I haven't played any of, the, any of the DLC for it, although I suspect I purchased the season pass at some point because every DLC for me is free, so I must have. Yeah, you probably Unless did. all the DLC is free, which I somehow doubt from Capcom. But, um... There's a strong chance I'm wrong, but uh, Resident Evil 7, at least the vanilla game that I have played, is one of my favorite horror games so far. It's one of my favorite horror games in recent time, with it being overshadowed by one other game that came out this year, which we'll talk about later. But Resident Evil 7 really captured the kind of horror of Resident Evil again, because having played 5 and 6, I've played every Resident Evil. Having played five and six, they they just became action shooters after a while with zombies in them. Uh, and this was a lot scarier. You're not playing as like Chris Redfield, who's like this super soldier who I was at Raccoon City and all that bullshit, where he's just like punching things the entire game. Just punching Sam. You're not playing as Leon, although Resident Evil Four is an incredible game. You're not playing as Leon, who's just kind of like I got to save the president's daughter, and then makes like weird anime jokes like it was very americanized because the uh, the the past resident evils haven't been they've been very japanese but american like what japanese people think americans are like yeah seven was very american and i have a real kink for the whole southern insanity kind of thing if you're from the South, I don't think you're insane. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of my favorite movies. So I like that kind of aspect to it. And let me tell you, the family in Resident Evil 7 really reminded me of the family from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that's one of the reasons I liked it so much. I I was a huge fan of it. Uh, the when the, the We're a spoiler podcast. Get the fuck over it. Game came out in January. Um, the... Um, when, uh, like, the mother turns into a giant fly creature yeah, yeah, and, like, is walking around with, like, these small legs but has, like, this big pregnant belly. It's just, like, creepy and so unsettling. Like, uh, when the, the, and the, the son, I think, captured what a kind of jigsaw slash joker kind of thing could have been. Like, I don't, like we said in our last episode, like, uh, I think the Joker's kind of overused. But at the same time, if they did a Batman game that was like the segments with the sun, but the sun's replaced with the Joker, it'd be fucking perfect. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I think it'd be, that would be incredible. So I really liked him. And actually, I liked the fact that all the DLCs, I can, from what I can see, deal with him to a degree. Because, I, I have actually no idea what the DLCs are. Uh, if I remember correctly, so at the end of Resident Evil 7, he's the only one that gets away. Yes. You kill the mom and you kill the dad, but the son gets away. Um, I th- believe that the first DLC is Chris Redfield's, who saves you at the end of Resident Evil 7, going after the son. Oh, that's good. So I, yeah, I haven't played it yet. I haven't downloaded. I really should because it just, just came out like a week ago. But, yeah, this is uh, definitely a game I fell in love with. No, yeah, uh, it was really good. I, like I said, I wish I played it. Um, it it's I, gorgeous, too. What I really want to do is I want to steal someone's VR, because I've heard Resident Evil 7 in VR is incredible. Yeah, I heard that's one of the, one of the better ones for the yeah. VR system. So I, I'd really like to try that out at some point. Um, next up on our list is For Honor. Yeah. Uh, not because we played it a lot. Yeah. I we played, I we played the beta and that was about it. We played the beta and we thought it was boring as shit. And this broke my heart. Yeah, we were really excited for this, huh? I was so I so uh, we said it in our first episode, we said it a couple times since. Uh in college I majored in history with a concentration of public history, which is museums. I'm doing a lot with that right now at my auto parts job, but whatever. <laughs> I uh I I will always love History And what this was, was a game that's not trying to be historically accurate and be historically accurate at the same time. The Samurais, the Vikings, and the Templars never fought. But it's still fucking cool. And they still, like, copied actual fighting styles of all three of them. Uh, And and as someone who uh, focused on medieval history, because that was my thing, ancient to medieval history, this was all three kind of fighting cultures that fascinate me like i love like these kind of templar knights i love the vikings and i like the samurais not super into samurais but i can't deny the fact that they had really fucking cool swords yeah so i was really hoping this game would be cool let me tell you the animations in this game are incredible like watching one of the knights use a broadsword the way uh, I forget the name of the style, but basically because broadswords are blunt weapons and not sharp weapons, believe it or not, he's holding it by the blade and slamming it into someone. It's so fucking cool to watch, but they just missed the ball on the gameplay. Yeah, I don't know if like how much has changed since launch, but it was not that fun. <laughs> and yeah, and like the only, only, only time we had fun with it was when we were playing with our friend Bro. And that's because we were playing with Bro. And that's because of Bro. Not because the game was fun. Right. And that's because of Bro, who is freaking out over everything in the game because of his childlike innocence and how it makes my heart happy. Yes. But I was so just bummed out that this game sucked. Yeah. It it really looked cool with, like, all the promotional stuff leading up to the the beta. And then we were super excited for the beta. We're like, all right, it's this weekend or whatever, this day. We're all going to— We had planned ahead to play this beta all weekend. And we were just disappointed and ended up playing Destiny instead. Yeah. Like, it really, it was really unfortunate. Um, but, yeah, I, I was just so bummed about it. I, I really liked the fact that it existed. And, and I still appreciate the fact that, like, the animations are so well done. And even the armor in the game looks fucking awesome. But it just, I think it just missed the ball for, for at least us. Uh, I know the reviews were subpar. But... 
I I was just really sad that this game didn't do as well as I wish it had. Yeah, I agree. So uh, that's kind of why I want to talk about For Honor because it, it just it was like one of my big disappointments of this year. Yep. Uh, so next we have Horizon Zero Dawn, and uh, we've talked about this game before. We did a podcast on it. Plug that. Go listen to our Horizon. A podcast. lot of these are gonna be. <laughs> hey, go check this out. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, I loved this game. You didn't play it, but no, I, I loved yet. this game. Um, and I'm not going to play it for a bit because you just let me borrow another game we'll talk about later in this podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's definitely more important. To play. I want you to play yeah. over Horizon. But uh, no, I did love uh, Horizon was really good. It was like uh, one of my top games of the of the year. I did I did have to put it off on hold because it came out around the same time as Breath of the Wild. And goddamn, I'm going to play Breath of the Wild first. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, it was really fun. It, I had a the story was great. I've I'm, I've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. The beginning was great. The ending was great. The middle was kind of slow for me. My but, dad, my but, dad played it and loved it. But the the world was fun. The combat was fun. The uh, all the game mechanics were really fun. So and recently the DLC came out for it, which you haven't had a chance to play it because you're playing everything else. Right, and I also heard that it wasn't super story heavy. So I was like. Mm, it still eh. looks cool. I'll probably do it at some point if I need something to pick up, but yeah. I had more uh, specific things I wanted to play. But yeah, I'll definitely go back to it. Because like I said, it, it is a fun game to play, and it, I know they added a bunch of cool weapons, and they added a few more robots to fight. That's so, neat. So. Yeah, I'll play it Rise and Zero Dawn eventually. I mean, I wasn't super... It's one of those things where I'm into so many things, and I knew I, I know I'll fall in love with Rise and Zero Dawn, but it'll just be another thing to add to the list of things I love. So it'll just it'll be, it'll be like, I'll just wait until I'm really bored and then fall in love and with it. And then not play it because you, you. And then I'll play Future Fight instead. Yep. Nick is so mad at me right now because I he's been wanting me to play video games with him and all I've been playing is Marvel Future Fight. Yep. Uh, which is, in case you didn't know, is a mobile game for iOS and Android. And god damn is it fun. Uh... But hey, don't worry about it, Nick. My Hulk six-star mastery, and I have the Ragnarok uh, costume for him now. Oh, thank God. Get at me. I am almost ready to tier two my Hulk. And if I tier two my Hulk, I will have a tier two Thor and Hulk. And man, will I push some shit in. This is what I have to work with. <laughs> Anyways, next, um, I wanted to mention Hollow Knight real quick. I haven't played it because I think it's only out for, like, PC. Um, That's gorgeous. But it's gorgeous, just, and it looks great. Josh keeps hitting his fucking mic. Hey, man, dude, I'm trying to make music. <sighs> Anyways, um, I'm just waiting for the Switch port, which is coming, but it got... It was supposed to be here, I think, already. Like, yeah, it was I supposed think to come out. supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out this month, um, but it got pushed back to, like, the beginning of next year. So whenever that wants to come out, I will pick it up from my Switch, and I will play it. Uh, um, but speaking of the Switch, the Switch came out this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, right around this time, uh, the Switch came out. Uh, so we have a couple games to talk about on the Switch. Uh, at like launch games that we're familiar with, at least. Uh, uh, let's but talk, first off, let's yeah. talk about the console. Let's talk about the console, which has quickly become one of my favorite consoles of all time. I agree. The the uh, switch, <laughs> no pun intended, from television to mobile console is so seamless. I thought it wouldn't be as seamless as it was. Oh yeah, we had so much doubt with like understandably reasonable doubt right uh when when before this uh console came out like leading up to it we're like 
Oh, we, it looks really small. We pre-ordered the fuck out of this console. Oh, as absolutely. Soon, like, as soon as we could, we pre-ordered this console. Because... Because they announced Zelda. Because they announced Zelda. For launch. But... Um, but yeah, we had so many concerns with it, but it, like... It's we, great. It, it, like, smashed all those concerns. Yeah, uh, when it much. came out, um... I know you've played it more on a television than I have. I've predominantly used my Switch as a mobile console. Uh, and if I remember correctly, you've said before you'd use it about 50-50. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I use it so much as a mobile console in my uh, purse. Yes. Uh, <laughs> call back to last episode. I have the actual stuff to make it a TV console. So I'm, I leave it in my backpack in case I want to hook it up to a TV. And that's, like, the greatest thing, like... So like just like that, yeah. So you have you have like the dock, the console itself, and, and like the charger. a charger, and um, maybe like the the con- thing that holds the controllers. Uh, that's over there. But the reason I had it in there was because I went to a party, and one of the games we're gonna talk about is a good party game. Yeah. So and it's super lightweight. Yeah. Like there's de- not much to it. I keep forgetting it's in my backpack. Compared to, I just brought my brother's Xbox One over so we could play Cuphead later, and that thing is fucking heavy. Yeah, my PlayStation, I used to put my PlayStation in a backpack and take it somewhere every week when I was doing a YouTube uh, channel, and that thing's dumb heavy. I, I still take, yeah, I still do that. If I, like, go to my girlfriend's house just for, like, the day, I'll maybe I'll bring my PlayStation. It's heavy. It's and a, it's heavy, but, like... My Switch isn't. No, it's and great. And it, it works way better than I thought it would. It's not the best powerhouse in the world, but it, it really, like, it runs Skyrim fine. Right, and it doesn't... Which is weird. Like, I get Skyrim came out in 2009, I believe. But, like, it's still not a... It's still a pretty hefty game. Right, and I don't think it's... The stuff that I expect to play a Nintendo console isn't... I don't expect graphically heavy things. With, right. like, the exception of a few things. Like, I've, I understand Breath of the Wild is kind of probably graphically heavy. But it's graphically heavy in a completely different way. Right, not that a it's... realistic, look at these graphics. Yeah, and it's also got, like, a certain style to it. But, like, the console overall has quickly become one of my favorite consoles. Uh, I have gone on a lot of trips this year. Um, you've, you've, yeah, yeah, you really got to test you've out. You've heard me talk about it a lot. I've gone mobility. to Los Angeles twice, and I went to Ireland. It's a lot of plane time. Uh, and I brought my Switch every time. One of the things I would do is, there was one flight in particular, I remember it was a flight to L.A. They didn't have the screens what they had was a clip thing up uh, on top of the seat in front of you where you could put a, pa- uh, a uh, tablet. So I put my iPad up there, put it up there, had some YouTube Red shit I downloaded. I put the Switch down on the tray, but I opened it because there's a kickstand at the back of it. So I put the kickstand up, put it in front of there, and I played with my arms crossed because you can play the Switch without a controller. You can use each uh, Joy-Con separately. So I played like this for like hours because this is really comfortable for my shoulder. I it was one of, and like there was no one in the seat next to me. It was one of the most comfortable playing rides of my life. It was fucking incredible. Um, but the console really, really holds up. No, it really does. It's it's great. I'm so glad I got it. Uh yeah, I I really am too. And like I have a bunch a bunch of games already have been ported to it. Uh, like we've said, we said Skyrim got ported to it, which the game's been out since 2009. I bought it four times now. Fuck you. I uh, Doom just got ported to it, the yep. 2016 Doom, which I think I'm going to pick up again just to have on my Switch. Yeah, uh, I really want to play Doom on my Switch, too. Terraria got ported to it. So I... Uh, uh, and because 
we we should try Terraria on the Switch, actually, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, and so did Stardew Valley, which I put hours into. Yeah. Like, I put, I think, 24 hours into it on a couple plane flights. Because, I like, I was on these flights for, like, eight hours each. So, like, yeah, I put a lot of time into those, just, though, like, that game alone. Mostly in Airplane. And then, like, a bunch of original games came out for it, including two launch games that we're going to talk about. Which are Breath of the Wild and 1-2-Switch. Now, let's do 1-2-Switch first, just because there's a lot less to talk about with 1-2-Switch. I... One of my complaints about the Switch is that this wasn't packaged with the console. Yeah, it really should have been it, a tie-in game that you just get, like Wii Sports. And, like Wii Sports. And uh, what was the other one, Nintendo Land? Nintendo Land. I honestly think 1-2-Switch would have been perfect packaged with the console. Uh, I was bummed that I had to pay, like, I think it was 40 or 60 bucks for it. I think it's just 40 which was isn't as bad but it still. isn't as bad but it should have been packaged with a console because there's not a lot of meat on the bones because it's a party game right however as far as party games are concerned that being said owning it I don't regret owning it because as a party game one two switch is great yeah it's pretty fun. it is so fun uh, a lot of people whenever this game gets pulled out at a party, uh, first off, a lot of people tell me to bring my Switch to parties so that we could play this game. You're that girl in the, in the commercial that goes on the rooftop. Yeah, but that's <laughs> actually kind of what keeps happening to me, <laughs> except I plug it into a TV. Yeah. But um, it's a really fun party game because you, you play it. Each, one person has one Joy-Con, one person has the other predominantly throughout it. There's, a, I think, 30 different mini games, uh, And they're, for the most part, all pretty fun. Uh, my favorite being the catwalk one. Yep. There, whenever this game gets pulled out, people's Snapchats blow up because people always are filming us, everyone having fun on this game on Snapchat. And that model game is so fun. You got to walk like you're on a catwalk. So you got to do like sexy walks and stuff. Yeah, swing your hips. Yeah, you got to swing your hips and then you got to like do poses at the end. It's fun as hell. There's like an air guitar game. My favorite game being on it being the Gorilla Pound game. <laughs> like I like the I like the catwalk game, but the Gorilla Pound game where you're like pretending to pound your chest to the beat. Yeah. It's so fun. So while I think that it the price of it shouldn't should have been included with the Switch. Or it should have just been included with a Switch for no price because it really isn't a lot of meat on the bones. As far as party games are concerned, there are worse ones out there. Uh, I think Nintendo Land was a worse game than 1-2-Switch. Yeah, I don't remember... I'm, I mean, I played Nintendo Land, but I don't remember that being that great. I, I played Nintendo Land maybe three times. I've played 1-2-Switch way more than that. Yeah, I think yeah, 1-2-Switch is really good. 1-2-Switch is like... Wii Sports was, like, really good when the Wii came out, so, like, this is really good. Yeah, so if you are planning on using your Switch around a bunch of people, 1-2 Switch is a great pickup. Now, more importantly, probably my favorite game to come out this year, because of the amount of fucking time I put into it, is Breath of the Wild. Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Which, Christ alive, I haven't liked a game this much since The Witcher 3. Is it as good as The Witcher 3? No, because nothing will be as good as The Witcher 3. Witcher 3 is flawless. But <laughs> I haven't liked a game this much since. Yeah, no, it was really good. Holy shit. It is shit. One of, an open-world Zelda game. The map is, I think, uh, one and a half times bigger than Skyrim. The game is beautiful and does an incredible job capturing 
just like being in the wild and doing literally whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, the customization options are incredible. Uh, my link right now in Breath of the Wild looks like Fierce Deity Link because the amiibo support is some of the best amiibo support I've ever seen. Yeah. Speaking of amiibos, thank you again for my Christmas present. He gave me the two Breath of the Wild amiibos I was missing. Yeah. Because he's a great friend. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, it is top tier. Oh, it really is. So much content in the game. Yeah, and so many hours poured into this. And like, I pretty much did everything that was not... I didn't do the Korox because fuck that. That's just ridiculous. 999? Yeah, I don't I'm care. thinking about it so I can just play the game more. Just I, I'm honestly, when I finish the DLC, I might just play hard mode. Because like, I've heard that's pretty different. It's not just, they do more damage. Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> a different kind of, it's a different experience from what I've heard. Uh, I need to finish the Master Sword Trials. I honestly oh, forgot yeah. I hadn't finished those oh, yeah. until I was playing the other day and I was like, Ha! Huh, my master sword isn't sixty, so I need to go finish that. But I, I think that it honestly, and and I have recently completed the DLC that came out, the the new story DLC. Yeah, which I'm partway through that. Made my heart smile. It just made me happy. Yeah, it's really good. And it's the the, what I've played is pretty good. And the fucking final boss. You're gonna text me when you do that final boss. Oh, I'm, probably. I'm gonna know you texted me because of what you say. Yep. So it'll be great. Um, so yeah, it really is one of the best games I've played in, in since The Witcher Three. Yeah, I agree. It's uh, phenomenal. Yeah, it's great, and it really. I also think it really captures why it's called The Legend of Zelda, because this is the first Zelda game in my memory that has full cutscenes, fully voiced cutscenes. Link still doesn't talk, but they're voiced cutscenes rather yeah, than dialogue cutscenes. Yeah. And it really captures like a great story with Zelda. And also the the four heroes. Uh, Who are dope in their own rights. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and this really, this game, you said you're partway through it? Yeah. How far into it are you? Probably, I don't know. How long? Is it long? It's longer than you think. How far? Okay. What did you, what was the last thing you did? I'm like... So, to my in my defense, most of my time playing it was me getting all the side quest costumes, and then grinding and then grinding my fierce deities, uh, up as high as I could. Okay. Um. And then I started it, so I'm like, <clears throat> I'm in the Great Plateau still. You are at the very beginning. Yeah. You have a lot more to do. Okay. You no, have like literally the entire. I've I played it like the other day, and the my entirety. <clears throat> My entirety uh, of that playthrough was doing the side quests and then grinding the dragons to level up my yeah. fierce deities because I want to use my fierce deities. I want to use the fierce deities and the phantom Ganon, but you can't level up the phantom Ganon, which pisses me off. Like if all right, fine. If you want to give me outfits that I can't level up, make them a bit stronger in defense. Make them stronger than three. Yeah. But, but so yeah, I put the fierce deities up higher because I'm gonna probably yeah, use that one. That's honestly why I used fierce deity. Now that I'm like going around uh, Hyrule and doing all like the side quests I haven't done and everything, I'm using the Phantom Ganon. I mean, I am using Phantom Ganon right now because at the point I'm at, it doesn't matter what I'm using. Nope. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'm using Phantom Ganon because I I was like, huh, this is the mechanic we're playing with right now. All right, I'll use Phantom Ganon, <clears throat> and then I'll switch back to. 
Christides yeah, after. But. It's incredible. You're at the very beginning of it. You. I figured I didn't get very far. You're not even a drop in the water yet. Fine. All right, dope. Yeah, you have a lot more content coming up. So we can't talk about Breath of the Wild the entire time. Let's move on to Shovel Knight Spectre of Torment, which yeah. we have both played. Yeah. So uh, I played it on a plane. You played it when it first came out. Yeah. So um, Shovel Knight, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned before, is one of my favorite games. Yeah. It's, you've bought it it's how many times? You bought it almost as many times as I bought Skyrim. Yeah, I think I bought it on my PlayStation, my DS, and my Switch. Um, so yeah, the the third uh, campaign came out. So they um, they made the original Shovel Knight, and then they came out with a second campaign where you play as one of the uh, the bosses in the game. Plague Knight. And then they came out with this third one where you play as Spectre Knight, and then they're gonna come out with a fourth one where you play as King Knight, and they're all uh, they're all free. If you just have to buy the game yeah. once and you get so I like I bought the game like at the very beginning for whatever I think they raised the price a little bit by yeah. like five bucks since then. Um, but like I if you own the games from back there when you just played the Shovel Knight campaign, you get all the campaigns for free. Yeah. So this one was really fun. It was played a lot of new mechanics. Um a big thing with like the the uh the Shovel Knight and the Plague Knight was a lot of the levels were the same. You just played as Plague Knight, which honestly drastically changes how you play the game. Absolutely. So it's it wasn't really a big, uh, a big, uh, thing that the levels were pretty much the same. But Specter Knight changed the levels a bit. It had they a, had to with how he played. Yeah. Um, and he has his own story. I mean, they all have their own stories, but he had like his own story with like his bat. He went super into his backstory and stuff. Specter Knights is like a really serious playthrough. Yeah. Like, but while like Plague Knights was goofy, Specter Knights is like serious. Weirdly, yeah, it's edgy because Specter. He's Specter Knight. But yeah, it was really great. If you haven't played Shovel Knight in any of its entirety, I highly recommend it. It's Shovel pretty, Knight. It's pretty I'm, cheap. I'm not a big platformer person. Uh, Shovel Knight is a platformer. I do really like. Uh, pla- I'm bad at platformers. Let's be honest. Yeah. So I, but I do really. It, it takes me a lot longer to play them than you, but uh, I do really like Shovel Knight and all of its campaigns. Uh, next game we're going to talk about, I'm going to put in your corner, because you just let me borrow it. <laughs> um, yeah, so next we have Near Automata, which is probably right behind Breath of the Wild is my favorite game of this year. Um, I recently just finished it, and goddamn, did it give me like feels and make me fucking happy inside i don't even remember asking you if i could borrow it no I you just, just gave... kind of gave it to me and you walked in and said i'm letting you borrow this play this yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like i beat it and i was like All right, i gotta remember to bring this to josh's thursday when we record yeah. he's playing this because i'm done with this now um like i beat the the main campaign and everything um yeah, like I'm giving this to Josh so we can play it. Yeah, I'll do my best to play it soon. Uh, I really haven't been playing my PlayStation because my brother stole it. He's been playing Overwatch on my PlayStation. Yes. The reason I bring that up is because he's in the room right now, and I'm staring at him while I say it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, on, if you haven't played this game, I highly suggest picking up. The story's great. It, it's got a lot of twists and turns, and uh, the gameplay's fun. It plays like Bayonetta. If, you <laughs> like, if you've... It's hack and slash, got some bullet hell and, and like a bunch of other mechanics I've talked about on previous podcasts before. So uh, I'm going to be playing that soon and so expect the lore episode <laughs> on that. Yes. Uh, the next game we want to talk about is Ukulele, uh, which neither of us have played, but I still thought it was worth mentioning. 
because a lot of people were really were looking forward to this game. Yeah. It was a Kickstarter game, if I remember correctly, by yep. the original team that did Banjo-Kazooie. Yep, a bunch of rare guys. So it, it looks and plays a lot like Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, if you like Banjo-Kazooie, I'm sure you'll at least like Ukulele, but I heard a lot of people thought it was meh. Yeah, I heard that too. Um, uh, I want to play it eventually. I'm boycotting it at the moment because it's. I wanted to play it on my Switch and more money on my Switch for some fucking reason. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure about that. I don't know. I, th- I thought I heard that somewhere, and I didn't really look into it. But I haven't looked into it yet either, but I really have it's other games prob- to play other- yeah. anyway. So, um, The next game I wanted to talk about was my favorite horror game of 2017, which was Outlast 2. Jesus Christ, I didn't expect Outlast 2 to be as good as it was. I really liked Outlast 1. I thought it was really fun uh, and a very unique kind of game uh, in how it you never have a weapon in it. And your night vision is a camera. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And uh, that comes back in Outlast 1. Outlast 1 and Outlast 2 are very loosely connected. Uh, if Someday I want to dive into the lore of it. It'll probably be more around in October. Uh, but I don't know. I read all the fucking lore scripts. I can do it whenever I want. Fuck you. Yeah. I um. <laughs> It's not a podcast, damn it. But the games are are loosely, loosely connected. But the stuff in Outlast 2, I the kind of horror in Outlast 2 I really like. So it usually crosses over because of how uh horror cliches go. But I I've said at the beginning of the podcast I really like hillbilly horror or southern horror. The other kind of horror I like is uh, uh religious zealot horror. Uh, a lot of the times they cross over, so you get things like the hills have eyes and shit like that. But Outlast Two deals with it's it's very based on Jonestown, which I am obsessed with, like unhealthily. Like you know how I really like serial killers. Yeah, I'm more obsessed with Jonestown than I am serial killers. I've listened to probably twenty hours of podcasts just on Jonestowns, hmm. Jonestown. And I've weirdly listened to most of the Jonestown tapes, uh, which are uh, the uh, leader of Jonestown talking about Jonestown. Hmm. Uh, and the uh, this whole campaign is based on that, but with paranormal aspects. So you have this woman with a giant pickaxe chasing you and talking about like, like quoting made up Bible verses about her virginity. <laughs> and it's just like this old woman with a pickaxe chasing you. These games don't shy away from gore or like other kinds of horror. So like it's heavily implied that you're the wife you're trying to save in it was raped. Like it's things like that, like true horror. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like moments in the game that like give me goosebumps. So it, it, it's also kind of hinting that the apocalypse is happening, but like the religious apocalypse. So at times these giant horns will play and that is harkens back to revelation. So like you're playing and you're knocked off your feet and the uh, horn plays. And then the white, there's this white light and you don't know what's happening, but it happens like seven times throughout. And there's like at one point where you walk outside and it's raining and then you look at it and it's literally raining blood. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's super apocalyptic, but, like, religiously apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's kind of I, I got. I'm planning on playing through it again, um, but it's 
There's one point because like the religious mo- motifs are awesome in it. There's one point in it where you get crucified because they think that there's this like group of uh, lepers that were out cast out of the society in uh, Outlast Two who think that you have come to save them and they think that you need to be crucified, died, and then you'll come back because that's what Jesus Christ did. Oh yeah. So they crucify you and they're like, at one point they're like, they said you'd be bringing the gospel and then they find your camera and they're like, it's a gospel for the modern day. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like weird things where like they're fitting their, they're, they're using you to fit their religion like you get uh crucified on that one there's like an entire sect of them that believe that god has abandoned them and now worship the devil and they all live underground and the leader of that is a weird character i love i believe she identifies as a her she's trans she's a yeah a trans character but they never explicitly say it um uh, it's just a weird game, but such a good horror game. And I'll always remember there was one time I turned a corner and there's just some woman. I was in a house. There's some woman in a room full of cradles holding a dead infant and just singing a lullaby to her. I was just like, it was like a, a Southern Christian lullaby. Yeah, it's like, yeah. this is goddamn terrifying. Like, there's a lot of times where, like, the NPCs won't attack you, although they're enemy NPCs, but they'll just be, like, sitting in a rocking chair singing. I'm just like, this is cool. I love this shit. <laughs> it's creepy as shit. So, Outlast 2, definitely my favorite horror game of 2017. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is What Remains of Edith Finch, which I dug. Uh, I don't think you played it, but... I played the demo at PAX. I'm a fan of narrative narrative games, so like games that don't have a lot of gameplay, but more you kind of walk through an experience. That's definitely what Edith Finch is, and it was incredible. One of the best written narrative games I've ever played. Yeah, it was one of those things where, like I said, I played it at PAX, and I really dug the demo that I played, and I was like, oh, I should probably pick this up when it came out, when it comes out, and I just never got around to it. I bought it the day it came out, played it the day it came out, finished it the day it came out. These games are generally not long, yeah, but because they're all narrative, they're about as long as a long movie. So I get about three hours of gameplay out of them, but they're so fun, and I I just love them so much. So uh, that's about all I have to say about what remains of Edith Finch, because saying any more would spoil it. But just know. It isn't a horror game. There are elements to it that are horrific, but I wouldn't classify it as a horror game. Just more of a narrative game you walk through. It's a, a lot like, um, what was it? Uh, everybody everybody come to the apocalypse or something like that. Everybody's gone to the rapture. That one. Everybody's gone to the rapture where it's not scary. There's not scary moments in it, but it's unsettling and horrific. So, I got you. I got you. Uh, another game that came out. I'm skipping the next game. I don't even know why we put that on the fucking list. Um, I oh, played, I played the demo. You played the demo. Prey. Yeah, Bioshock in space. Um, I don't know. It didn't grab me. I just wanted to mention it because uh, a it, lot it, of people liked it. I remember. Well, I don't remember that being uh, that much buzz around it when it came out. I 
I remember the original game coming out for Xbox 360. It was a launch title for Xbox 360. Mm. And I played it years later because I picked it up for a dollar. And it was cool because you I liked it because you were playing as a Native American in it. But uh, from what I could tell from this one, you weren't. Yeah, I don't and think you were. You would know because it was like an important part of the original Prey. No. Uh, and if you weren't playing as Native American and just generic white guy with a gun, I didn't give a shit. So, because I, if I wanted to play another game with a generic white guy with a gun, I'd play any of the games that I have in my backlog. Uh, but if you wanted to do a game that really showed and respected Native American culture, I was looking forward to that. Um, the next game we're going to talk about is probably one of my most played games of 2017. Yep. Uh, is Injustice 2. Now, if you have listened to this podcast at all, you've known that I have been playing Injustice 2 since launch. And I love it. I was playing it yesterday. I <laughs> still love this game. And uh, if you don't know what Injustice is, it is a DC superhero fighting game. Yes. Uh, it is all, well, it's mostly DC superheroes. There's an incredible story. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Uh, if you really want to see the story, they have movies, quote unquote, of it on YouTube. We could just watch all the cutscenes super cut together because it's a fighting game and there's no real gameplay dialogue. Yeah. Um, however, it also has one of, I think, the best runs of DC Comics that they've come out with in years. Absolutely. If you want to see all your favorite characters fucking die, <laughs> read Injustice, uh, the first run of Injustice, yeah. which is years one, two, three, and four. I think five. I think there's five I years. I think there's five years. And they, they have them all as uh, graphic novels, and they're really fucking incredible. Uh, I'll always remember the moment in it where Sinestro drawn quarters Kyle, um, what's his name? The, the, the Green Lantern. Yeah. It's not Kyle Rayner. Fuck. I'm Googling it. <laughs> No, it is Rainer. Yeah. Okay. I got him mixed up with another one where uh, Kyle Rayner is kind of this, if you don't know anything about comics, he's kind of like the softest of the Green Lanterns. He's the artist Green Lantern. <laughs> he really is. He, yeah. He's an artist. So like his creativity is what made him a Green Lantern, but he's always, he, he ends up becoming a White Lantern in standard DC, which is like a Lantern of light. Like he is like almost a Messiah figure because of just how pure he is and Sinestro draws and quarters him in space because he doesn't want him interfering with what's going on on earth and it broke my fucking heart <laughs> and also the scene in year one with uh, Green Arrow yeah you watch this is a spoiler this is a fucking spoiler yeah press the 15 seconds ahead button right now wait if you don't want to hear it press the 15 seconds button Right now, watching Green Arrow's final moments from his perspective and all he's thinking about is Black Canary broke my goddamn heart. It was fucking sad. All right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> so now we don't have to talk about that. But uh, Injustice 2 kind of picks up with that, dealing with Brainiac. Uh, great, really tight fighting game. It's made by the people who make Mortal Kombat, so there's a bunch of Mortal Kombat characters in it. By a bunch, I mean two. Uh, Sub-Zero and Raiden are <laughs> DLC characters. Uh, they also got the ability to put Hellboy and the goddamn Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it, which are coming out soon. Hell yeah. 
the last DLC pack is uh, the first character came out, but the rest of them haven't been put out yet, and uh, which means they're still putting content in the game, and it's really just a great game. They're having a Christmas event in it right now, which is all run by Bizarro. Like, it's fucking great. That's fantastic. Um, but, yeah, definitely, I think that's probably my most played game of this year. I, I still play it a lot. Uh, the next game we're talking about is Friday the 13th, which came out this year and was a rather big disappointment to someone like me who really likes slasher films. Mm. I was expecting it to be a lot more like Dead by Daylight, to be honest, just with um, more kind of uh, Friday the 13th influences. Uh, it ended up being enough like Dead by Daylight to make me go, I want to play Dead by Daylight. And not enough like it for me to go, I'd rather play this than Dead by Daylight. Yeah, because you played that one. You played Dead by Daylight more. A lot more. Yeah. Uh, Dead by Daylight's been out for a couple years. Why we didn't talk about it, but it came out on consoles this year. So I've been playing it a lot on consoles uh, because I don't own a gaming PC because I am poor. So, um, yeah. And, like, if I wanted to, uh, Friday the 13th's fine. But Dead by Daylight has Michael Myers and Leatherface, which are my two favorite slashers. So why wouldn't I pick that over Friday the 13th? Right. Uh, the gameplay elements are pretty cool, but it just doesn't have the same kind of polish that I think Dead by Daylight has. So uh, while it's not a bad game, it deserved mentioning uh, because I wanted to talk about Dead by Daylight. Uh, the, yeah. uh, the next game we want to talk about is the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah. And Which how aren't new games, but the trilogy remastered came out this year. And I think it's an important thing to talk about because I think that these remasters are great. I want them to do a full remaster of the Spyro games. Yes. Like I'd, I'd sell a testicle for that. Um, but if you're going to do a full remaster, you got to remaster the goddamn controls. Yeah. Because the. Which apparently they did, I think, but not well. Not well. Not well at all. No. The, I don't have, I like, I liked the Crash Bandicoot games a lot growing up. I really do like the Crash Bandicoot games. Yeah, no, I did too. But I don't have that game installed and I haven't had it installed since like a week after it came out or like two weeks after it came out because like I couldn't get past the controls. They they weren't tight. The hitbox didn't help. The pill-shaped hitbox didn't help. No, it was garbage. So it was just more frustrating than fun to play. And, and, it, and it's not because I'm bad and I suck. I know when I'm bad and I suck, and I l- lose at games because I'm bad and I suck. I, this was more of, uh, this game's not fun to play. No, and it, it's really disappointing because I was really excited for this game to came out come out. Yeah, it was dope. It was a remaster and of the first looks, three games for 40 bucks. And it looks so good. Oh, yeah, it does. It was. It's a complete remaster. It is, it is what you think a modern Crash Bandicoot should look like. It is so good looking. But it's just... I ha, There's three parts to a game. The story, the graphics, and the controls. And if one of those parts... If what if two of those parts fail, you don't have a lot left. Yeah. There's not a real story in the Crash Bandicoot games, so you yeah you're not gonna hook me in with that. And if your controls suck, your game's pretty. But I could go watch a movie <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> with a story. Yeah. So it's it just sucks. 
Uh, the next game we want to talk about is Dream Daddy. <laughs> Not that either of us have played it, but I think it deserves an honorable mention. Uh, I believe it was bumped by the Game Grumps, uh, who I'm sure you've heard of if you're listening to this goddamn podcast. Uh, it's a dating sim where you're a woman trying to date dads, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. The next game we're going to talk about <laughs> is a game that we also didn't play, Splatoon 2, and how we debated about buying this game for days. Yeah, if you've heard this podcast before, you talked about this a lot, how we were thinking about picking up Splatoon 2, but never actually did because we were torn on things we liked and things we didn't like, and ultimately, here we are at, in December of 2017, and we didn't purchase it. Ah, uh, so... Yeah, there's just a lot of things that didn't really draw me in. It was a well, it lot was, of meh. It was a lot of meh, and it was a lot of meh for 60 bucks that I probably wouldn't play with anybody because Josh didn't pick it up. Yep, that's exactly it. And you didn't pick it up, so I'd probably be playing Splatoon alone. So uh, uh, if they, it goes on sale for a decent chunk of money, sure, I'll pick it yeah. up. I have no problem with Splatoon. You're funny. But it didn't, exactly, <laughs> but it didn't hook me in. No, it didn't either. But I know some people enjoyed it. I'm I'm sure it was a fine game. I played Splatoon 1 and enjoyed it. It just wasn't something I wanted to pick up. But speaking of fine games, let's talk about Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, boy. So this game, I believe, is 20 or 30 bucks? It's uh, 30. You would know because you've been pricing it. Um, yep. It's a $30 game that is made like a goddamn AAA game. Yeah. The only reason it's 30 bucks is because it's not super long. Uh, it is made by Team Ninja, who all used to work on AAA titles. And it shows. You play as Senua, who's a Celtic warrior traveling through uh, Nordic hell. Yes. You have to fight the gods. You have to do all this. And the entire time, you are hearing voices in your head because you're a schizophrenic. And it treats mental illness as someone who suffers from mental illness. If you can't tell by my actions and how I react to things, <laughs> as someone, no, that's just all because I'm a Leo. Yeah, you're as right. Someone that's who, what it is. As someone who actually suffers from mental illness, not this particular one, but one in general, it really matters to me when a game treats it with respect, but also doesn't glorify it. Yes. Because a lot of times, like a character with mental illness, sure, they'll be respected, but like they almost have a superpower because they're schizophrenic. Um, Senua suffers because of her schizophrenia. And you can tell because they hired psychiatrists to work on this game as consults. And so if you play the game, it is an accurate portrayal of what schizophrenia looks like uh, from actual psychiatrists. So, and Senua struggles because of it. Like, you're playing a game and, like, you'll be fighting a boss and these voices will just be whispering, like, you're gonna lose. Like, you're going to die, Senua. You're dead. You're going to die. You're like, you can't save him. Because it's a, a save the princess kind of game, except you're a woman saving your lover. And it's great. It is a beautiful game. The controls are incredible. Uh, the mechanic of, like, you get poisoned at one point, and, like, the every time you die, it creeps up your arm a little bit more. And, like, if it reaches your head, it's game over. You have to start all over. Like, it's... Like, it plays like a Dark Souls game, but, like, with a lot more on the line. Um, and easier. But it's a really, really good game, and for 30 bucks, you can't go wrong with this one. No, you really can't. Uh, it won a bunch of awards for sound design. It won, yeah, it won sound design. I think it 
I think it, didn't it win Best Voice Actress? Yeah. Uh, Senua Senua's incredibly well voiced by someone who just worked there. Yeah. Not a professional voice actress. When, when she got the award, she's like, yeah, I just kind of worked there. <laughs> yeah. Not the voice actress, just worked there. Which is whatever. And Power it look, to you. It looks gorgeous. Uh, there's only, I think, four bosses in it. Uh, but one of the bosses is the Fenris Wolf. So, like, if you like Nordic lore, like, you are diving into hell. Yes. Like, you are going to face Hela. Like, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. I've been playing it, Josh. Yes! How far are you? Uh, I just beat the Raven boss. And I beat the Fire boss. So you beat Surtur. And uh, what's the name of the Raven boss? I forget. I forget you too. It doesn't matter. I know. It's great. Uh, but yeah, it's great. They they look... Because, like, you're fighting them and you're like, are these gods or men? Yeah. It's one of those moments where, like, you're fighting Surtur, but, like... Surtur looks like he's just wearing a wooden crown that's on fire. Yeah. Like, a wooden mask. Yeah, it was very Dark Souls-y. Yeah, and, like, the puzzles are so cool. They are. Um, I don't know. I think you said you did this, but I've been playing the entire game with headphones on. Uh, I've been playing a lot of the game with headphones on. They actually recommend you to play the game with headphones on. Which is on why I did it, it because I think I remember you saying that. And I the was, sur- like, before I even tur- touched anything, I was like, all right. And it was fantastic. It's fantastic. The surround sound with the voices that are in Senua's head. great. It captures it so well. And it's funny because I'll sit there. So I'm sitting there with headphones on playing this game and I'll respond to the voices sometimes just because I think I'm funny. So anybody who walks by, I have no idea. We'll think you're a schizophrenic. So like there'd be like a point where I'm like trying to figure out a puzzle and it's like taking me a bit. And like the voices will go like, are you lost? And I'm like, yes, actually. The puzzles, like, they're not easy, but they don't feel like you're getting cheaped out. Uh, I felt like I got cheaped out a couple times. Really? In, in the fire one. Um, I'd say I'd say Surtur's are probably the hardest. It's uh, or I think she calls him Surt. There's different pronunciations for all the gods. It's uh, touch this, touch the thing. Everything becomes on fire. Get to the door, but you apparently you only have a limited amount of time. Oh, I knew that. What like, but like, I didn't take that long, and like, I died right in front of the door. And I was like, oh, that's rough. I was like, I didn't take that long. Like, I maybe turned the wrong way once. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've never, I never felt cheaped with that. But I mean, you're playing and I'm not. So, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked, I've liked what I've played so far. It's really dope. Hopefully, it's pretty great. Um, uh, next up on our list is Sonic Mania, which I think was the love note that we all wanted as Sonic fans. Absolutely. It is great. It is made, if I remember correctly, it is made by a group of people who used to make Sonic fan games. Yep. Uh, because unlike Nintendo, who cease and desists the fuck out of them, Sega said, want to make the game for us? <laughs> we kind of suck at making our own games. You want to make it for us? So Sonic Mania exists, and if you like old Sonic games, like Sonic's 1 through 3, you will absolutely love Sonic Mania. I think they did. I'm not entirely 100% sure on this, but I think they um, made ports of Sonic's games for them, for yeah. Sega, before. They made the, the oh, what ports were that? I think they did, like, one and two for, like, iOS devices and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's what they did. Uh, and then they made, now, now they've made Sonic Mania, which is all original things, but they're based on other Sonic levels, I think. Yeah, it's, like, 80% remixes of old levels, and then, like, the remaining 20% are new levels. I think there's like four new levels. But like, it, and like, which it, are the best parts of the game. Oh, absolutely. It, <laughs> it, it stop is. Stop making me play Green Hill Zone Sega. 
it is definitely a love note to Sonic fans, even to the point where I lost my shit on an airplane because I'm playing the game and one of the bosses is fucking Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. Yep. And I, I was like, no! <laughs> like, I was hyped because of this. So Sonic Mania is incredible. Um, That's about all I have to say on Sonic Mania. Yeah, if you like Sonic the Hedgehog games, you'll love Sonic Mania. Yeah, if you like the original, like, one, two, three, and Knuckles... Uh, you'll like Sonic Mania. So Absolutely. It's and like 20 bucks. and There's a lot of replayability. You can play as Sonic, Sonic and Tails, Tails and Knuckles. Knuckles and Knuckles. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really cool. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Uncharted Lost Legacy, which you can talk about. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a big fan of Uncharted. Um, played all of them that have come out. And this game came out, and it was kind of like... I feel like when I, first, when I first heard about it, I was like, it's not real. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, this is like somebody's pulling a prank. But um, yeah, they made it a an Uncharted spin-off game, I guess. Is the best way to call it with uh I know one of them was a uh, character in 2 and 3. I don't know if the other main character is I don't remember. You're not so I think talking to the right person. <laughs> I know, I'm just talking out loud to myself. Um So yeah, but it's I mean, it's an Uncharted game. It's 40 bucks i'll pick it it's like one of those things i'll get there eventually because i like uncharted so it just it wasn't nathan drake and it wasn't on my the top of my list but i wanted to point it out because i it it's an uncharted game they those games are beautiful they're fun to play yeah Um, unless you're me i guess yeah apparently josh i don't think they're bad actually i just get bored (laughs) yeah josh just frustrates me. I have a low attention span. Anyways, next we have Mario and Rabbids, which I played and I loved the fuck out of this game. Um, who knew that a game, I'd be saying a game about Mario and Rabbids I would love, but here I am. You don't remember the Rabbids, right? The fucking bunny things from Rayman? Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, game. they made a fucking Mario game with them. It's great. I know, I had the same reaction. The reaction that you're giving me right now Dude, I had that reaction there's too. There's one point where one of the rabbits wears a peach costume. Like, yeah, there's a there's a so the characters you can play as is Mario, Luigi, Peach, Yoshi, and then a rabbit version of all of them, of those four, and you pick them up along the way. They all have their different abilities. They all use different weapons because yeah, they all use guns. It's a it's a strategy game. It's like it's um, not like a platformer. Yeah, yeah, it's like what was that? What's that game called? I want to say Quake, but that's not right. Uh, at all. You're thinking Soma. XCOM. And there's. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Fuck. Yeah, it's like XCOM. Plays a lot like XCOM, f- kind of Fire Emblem ish. More like XCOM than Fire Emblem, but. Yeah. The tactics of Fire Emblem, which I like. I like Fire Emblem. Um, but yeah, I really like this game. It was crazy in a good way. It was really fun. So it was a, it was one of my favorite times on the, on the Switch this year. Uh, next up, we have his Life is Strange, uh, the new one that just came out, uh, something before the storm or something. Calm, calm before the storm, I don't know. I want to say. But I think it's important to talk about because I think Life is Strange is a, a great staple to games if you're not interested in video games. Uh, people I've talked to that aren't interested in video games, I've recommended the original Life is Strange to them, and they've loved it. Because it is a very, very narrative-driven game with a heart-wrenching story. Uh, this one is a prequel to Life is Strange. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. Have you played the first one? Nope. I haven't either. I own it. I probably do. Because it was free for on 
plus one month. I own it. <laughs> it. It's just one of those things where like I'll get there eventually because I do want to play it. I've heard nothing and but good things about it. Look, and, and like I recommend it to people. I just have never played it myself. Uh, it's just from other recommendations to me. But Life is Strange is uh has a new game out, uh, which is episodic. Life is Strange usually is, uh, and, and worth playing. Uh, I also believe that it is a lesbian relationship that it's all about, which is pretty solid because again, that's something that's not talked about a lot in video games, uh, and I think that's important that we do. Uh, nothing to do with anything. Let's talk about Destiny Two for the fifteen thousandth time on this goddamn podcast. Yep. Destiny 2 came out this year, and Nick and I were obsessed. Actually, you're still playing it. I've yet to play the new DLC. Well, yeah. I mean, I played the new DLC. It was, I think I've mentioned before, it was okay. Uh, this week, I played the uh, the Doing the Dawning right now. Which is their holiday event. Uh, I played that this week. It is also okay. It is the Dawning, I which love, is always okay. Uh, I love that you can throw snowballs at enemies, and it does a shit ton of damage. <laughs> There's just like... Like, I was just running strikes, and there's just snowball piles everywhere. You That's walk, fucking awesome. And you just go up, you pick one up, like, you would pick up, like, any orb, and you just hold it. You go in third-person view, and you just hold it. You have, like, a like a frostbite timer, like a cooldown. It's called frostbite, so you can't pick up another one for, like, oh, yeah, eight seconds smart. or whatever. That's nothing. But, um... But yeah, then you just like, you just throw them at enemies, and they get, like, they either die because it does a shit ton of damage, or if they're have more health, they get uh, covered in snow, and then they, like, move, like, slower and, like, kind of don't attack as much. But, but Destiny 2 came out. Uh, it fixed a lot of the problems with Destiny 1. It isn't a flawless game. Uh, it has a lot of flaws. There's a lot of controversy about it right now because fuck it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They are uh, very microtransaction-y. There's, they're getting super microtransaction-y. And it's becoming concerning as someone as a who's a fan of the series, and especially... We'll talk about it when we talk about Battlefront, but it's uh, a big thing right now in the video game industry. Yeah, a lot, uh, a lot of shit that you just could have gotten before is just in the Eververse now. Yeah, which is, I mean, you do naturally get Eververse boxes, which you didn't do in Destiny 1, but fucking doesn't matter. I And it's funny because I didn't notice it because I played... The like Destiny this time at some point this week because I wanted to play the Dawning yeah. for a little bit just to see how it was and I didn't notice this but I watched uh, a Jim Sterling video today about it. Jim Sterling's a gift from mankind. Um, so when you love you just mentioned when you level up you get a bright engram which is the the loot box of Destiny yeah. two. Um, so in other games so like Overwatch is doing their winter event right now. Yeah. So every time you level up in Overwatch you get a loot box. During the events, when you level up, you get the event loot box. When you level up during the dawning, you don't get a dawning engram. Which I didn't notice, like... That's bullshit. When I was playing at the time, because I was just... I don't know, I wasn't paying attention to what yeah. I got. I was just like, oh, I leveled up, I got an engram of some kind. That's let me go to dumb. the Eververse. Let me go to the Eververse and open it. But, yeah, when he pointed it out, I was like, yeah, you're right, we don't get... Uh, and and, and and it like has an entire like the dawning engrams have an entire armor set in them. Yeah. Look, I hope Bungie gets this shit together. Uh Des Destiny One created one of my favorite characters in video games, which is Oryx, the Taken King. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Oryx. I seen your eyes just then. You looked at my Oryx pop vinyl. Yeah, you right. <laughs> uh, but I'm obsessed with the Taken King. I think he's fascinating and awesome. We did an entire podcast on Oryx alone. But um yeah, they it's concerning to me. I, ho I hope they don't fuck it up. 
I mean, they might, but they might. Um, I, I think we've talked about enough about Destiny Two. Yeah. Uh, this year, so let's <laughs> move on to Cuphead, which is a game neither of us have played. <laughs> but we will at some point. But we will soon. Uh, Cuphead is a platformer game that came out that is in the style of East Coast, early East Coast cartoons. Yeah, like 1930s. 1930s cartoons and is just so fun to look at. It's glorious to look at. Like, bravo to them. It's, what a brilliant idea. Uh, and, and like, the a lot of the stuff that's in it is based on, a, is based on, like, actual 30s cartoons. A lot of it's original. Like, uh, Cuphead, uh, Cuphead himself is original. A lot of, all the enemies are original. But some of the animations aren't. And it's all callbacks. I learned that. Um, so they were they were when they were designing like their main character, they didn't want an animal, or like because a lot of people have animals yeah. like Sonic's a hedgehog, Crash is a Bandicoot, yada yada yada. So they were trying to go with more like objects. So and they eventually landed on Cuphead and Mugman, but their um, the designs that they didn't go with are. NPCs in the overworld. Oh, no so, like, shit. So, like, the guy with, like, an axe head, I guess that was an option. Oh, that's smart. Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of... It was, I, think it was like a, I think it was, like, a Did You Know Gaming episode on it. I mean, it's it's brilliant. It honestly is. It's something that I didn't know I wanted. Oh, that's um, great. I was, like... I fell in love with it when they announced it however many years ago. Yeah. Whatever, E3. Uh, and it, it came out, and to much praise... Much deserving praise. Um, with... One of the only comments on it that could be negative, but I don't think is negative, is it's goddamn hard. That's fine. It's, but I it's like more, that. It's more because it's more boss rush than yeah. platformer. We said platform at the beginning, but there's only a couple of platformers, more run and gun stages. Yeah. But it, for the majority of it, it's just a boss rush. And I love that. Which is fine. So Cuphead is great. We will play it soon uh, because Nick brought his. Xbox One over, or an Xbox One over that he stole off some kid. Yeah, I beat him up. <laughs> Took his lunch money and his Xbox One. He stole his brother's Xbox One, <laughs> which is okay. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Evil Within 2, just so I can bitch about Evil Within for a bit. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played Evil Within 2. I might play Evil Within 2 if it's on sale. I hated the first one. I gotta be fucking honest. <laughs> I hated Evil Within. It was... So hard it was unfair at points, and so easy it was boring at other points. So, like, I couldn't get the fucking difficulty down, and it annoyed the shit out of me. So, Evil Within 2 came out. I heard they fixed a bunch of those problems, but I don't give a fuck. You left <laughs> a bad taste in my mouth, video game. Uh, next, we're going to talk about the fractured uh, South Park, the fractured butthole. Yes, another great game this year. The fractured butthole, which I remember when they released that title, I laughed my butthole off. Same. That was, uh, yeah, that was on an E3 when... Hey, we, watched it, uh, we watched it together, I think. Yeah. Uh, but it was... I've... About halfway through it, you finished it in like a minute. I love it. It captures everything that uh, The Stick of Truth captured, in my opinion. Uh, it really is like playing an episode of South Park. And as someone who likes South Park, totally worth it. it was, it's great. Yeah, I love South Park. And it, it really just... It's like... One of those things that you're not going to get anywhere else. Like it literally, you're literally playing an episode of the TV show, and, it, and you really it can't feels say like that it. much with other property tie-in things. And it feels like it. They they do turn-based gameplay in a way that I really like. In this one, yeah, the first one the I thought one. was fucking it. The gameplay was fine, but I didn't give a shit about it. You know it what was I mean? it was more generic turn-based. 
this original is, Final Fantasy. This is all on a grid. It's very. I've never. There's other games like it, but I've never played any, so I can't yeah. name them. But it it's really fun. Uh, I like it a lot, and the humor in it is South Park humor, uh, which is, in my opinion, hilarious. That's and great. I love going in the kids' closets and uh, looking at everything in them. Yeah, because all the Easter eggs. They're all Easter eggs for past ones. Like the first thing I saw when I looked at Cartman's closet is he's got a Tokens Life Matter shirt. Yep. <laughs> and I was just like, that episode's hilarious. So I've been watching the new episodes, and they one I think the last one that just came out was um, they got a new vice principal uh, who's named Strong Woman. And um, Strong Woman. Yeah. Is it to uh, replace? Uh, what is it? PC no, principal? No, PC principal is the principal. This is the vice principal. Oh, so you have PC principal and strong woman now? Yeah. But um, so they were all in a they're all in a meeting, and PC principal is just like looking at her and starts like falling in love with her. But Hootie and the Blowfish starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it like starts playing and like you're just thinking like oh it's like in his head. But then like somebody goes wait. Does anybody hear Hootie and the Blowfish playing, but, like, really quietly? And he goes, oh, I gotta go. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, so he, like, goes to the doctors, and it's just, like, you have this weird, like, I guess you could say ringing in my ears. And he's, like, he's, like, oh, what do you hear? He's, like, ah, it's, like, Hootie and the Blowfish. It's an entire episode. He's, like, there's, like, an entire, he's, like, there must be, like, a machine in my head that, like, somebody triggered. I I need it to get taken out. He's, like, no, I think you just have feelings for her. He's like, oh, you can't have feelings for a coworker, because <laughs> he's PC principal. And then at like some point, they're like hunting. The next episode, they're like, or like later on, they're hunting the president, um, in the woods, and it turns and it like turns into like a Stranger Things it type scenario. <laughs> awesome. Where they were just like, I keep seeing well, because the president just nuked Canada, <laughs> and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> they're like so like he's roaming around South Park in the woods and like people keep saying like children are like crying in the middle of the night like and they're like the parents are like what's wrong and they're like the principal's coming to get, uh the president's coming to get me <laughs> and then uh there's like a part where a red balloon floats by and it turns and it says make America great again <laughs> And, like, people keep seeing them, and, like, <laughs> they all come together at one point, and they're like, they're like, I saw the president in the woods, and they're like, yeah, I saw him, I saw him here, too. And they're like, I thought it was just, like, me imagining it, but, like, it can't be a coincidence. And they're just like, yeah, I saw the president, too. And they're like, this is just like that show. And then Stan's dad shows up, and he goes, Stranger Things. It's just like Stranger Things. Yeah, I saw Stranger Things, too. <laughs> Stranger Things was like it. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters. So, wow, we all saw Stranger Things in it. This can't be a coincidence. It must be real. <laughs> oh, um, so I they're, love so they're, looking for the, they're looking for the president in the woods, and they think that like a bunch of the adults are, and they come across like a tent, and like, oh, that must be where he's hiding out. So like, somebody's got to go out and draw him out. Um, so uh, Stan, Stan's dad goes to to look in it, and he looks in it, and it's PC principal and strong woman having like sex, and he's like wait, you guys are co-workers. And he starts throwing up. <laughs> and then he goes, what's wrong? Everybody's like, what's wrong? He's like, PC principal and strong women are like a thing. And everybody starts throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this show is fantastic. Oh, South Park's a gift. It really is. <laughs> oh, so moving on from South Park. 
unfortunately. We need to talk about Assassin's Creed Origins real quick. Yeah. Uh, neither of us have played it. Apparently, it is better than the last Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, I've heard decent things about it. I've heard it was. I still don't care. Okay. However, that fucking statue is cool. Actually, I want to talk about something. Did you see anything? You know, So you know how Final Fantasy fi- uh, 15 had like that the crossover? Yeah. Do you know they reverse crossed over? Yep. It was fucking... I saw like a little bit of it. It was fucking dope. I, uh, you can I haven't ride, seen anything on it. But. I don't know. You can ride chocobos. I think you can get the Ultima Blade as a weapon. And then there was like a whole mission where like one of the guys from Final Fantasy showed up. 15 showed up. And I was like, that's kind of dope. Still don't want to play the game, but that's kind of dope. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand that crossover, and I'm never going to. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is Mario Odyssey, which... Little, little, no, little indie game. Which is a little a little indie game known as Mario Odyssey, which... Uh, you spelled Odyssey wrong, you dumb shit. You God, what? someone should edit this. Wow, guess what? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's not two E's in Odyssey. I thought I spelled it right. There's a red underline. Yeah, well, it's also Google Docs, and it fucking red underlines a lot of things. But whatever. Anyway, Mario Odyssey came out. Hi, I just had to give you shit about it, because you always give me shit about it. Um, Mario Odyssey came out, and it was great. Nick's done with it. (laughs) Yeah, 100% of that game. Uh, It was, it really... And I didn't regret any of it, and I loved every second of it. Except the last couple moons. But... It really is a great Mario platformer game. If you liked Mario 64, you will love Mario Odyssey. Uh, It really... It's the first one to come out since, I think... uh, The first 3D Mario game to come out since... uh, What is it? Mario... Galaxy? Galaxy 2. Because I don't really count 3D World that much. No, me neither. That's 2.5D. Yeah. So, yeah, since Galaxy 2, which I loved Galaxy 2, 1 and 2. And they, they play great, really solid controls. Some of the best controls I've ever seen in a Mario game. It's uh, The story's really fun. It's just a fun game. It made me feel happy. Yeah, it was very, yeah, it's definitely it's a good way to put it. It's very, put a smile on my face the entire time I'm playing it. Yeah, it was fun. And, and, like, it was exactly what I wanted in a Mario game. Just like the other game they came out with this year, Breath of the Wild, was exactly what I wanted in a Zelda game. Really, Nintendo's been hitting home runs. Oh, absolutely. I like, good for them. Yeah, which they, after the Wii U, they fucking needed it. What is it? The only Zelda game other than Breath of the Wild, which also came out on the Switch on the Wii U, was Hyrule Warriors? Yeah, I think so. I don't, the yeah, only I don't, Mario... Yeah, because cause Breath of the Wild was supposed to come out for the Wii U because it was originally titled Zelda Wii U or Zelda U. Yeah. But that, then it got pushed back, which is fine because the game ended up being awesome, so take all the pushback you need, but... Dude, I, I like it. It was originally supposed to come out for the Wii U, and it did, but um, it was supposed to come out before the Switch did. Yeah, it was supposed to come out before the Switch. It was supposed to be one of the last games for the Wii U, but it ended up getting pushed back and, and a honestly, launch game on the Switch. Now th- I complained at the time because I just wanted the game, but now I'm glad it came out as a launch title for the Switch and it waited because... Agreed. We had a game to play when the Switch came out. Yeah. We so a, many times a, I pick up a console and there's no fucking games for it. Yeah, it was a great launch for a great system, so I'm, yeah. gl- I'm, glad, I actually I'm think, glad it worked out. I think, frankly, it's one of my favorite launches. Yeah. I, I can't think of a game a launch that I, I liked more than the Switch launch. But um because the the two the two games that I picked up on the Switch launch, one two Switch and Breath of the Wild, incredible games, as we've talked about earlier in this episode. Um but yeah, they've been hitting home runs, which they needed. 
the next game we're going to talk about is Sonic Forces and how it's hilarious. Guys, I get to be my first sauna in this game. It's actually a okay Sonic 3D game. Yeah, that's what I've heard. It's, um, it's okay. I haven't played it. Josh played it accidentally a little bit. I played it accidentally most of the way through. Uh, we made I played it with a couple friends after our local Comic Con, and we made the edgiest character we could in it. Uh, we wanted to out edge Shadow, which made scenes with both Shadow and your Fursona character fucking hilarious. <laughs> it really isn't that good a game if you could pick it up cheap. Uh, eventually, I recommend it because it isn't that bad a game either. But uh, play it with a couple friends, have a couple drinks. It's fun as hell. Uh, next up is Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Yeah, I've been playing that at the end. I swear, God, I really should need to finish this game, but I'm at the end. Like, I'm literally at the end. Um, it was really kind of cool. It did the whole... And so, like, in, the, in Sun and Moon, you go through the wormhole to the Ultra Beast land, and you fight the ba the bad villain fused with an Ultra Beast, which, oh. was, which was dope. So, like, you're waiting for that. Because, like, this game isn't that... Like I said before, it's like a... A better version of Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. It's like updated in a few spots, but for the same, for the most part, it hits the same beats. So I was expecting to go through the wormhole to the Ultra Beach land and fight that boss. So you get to the point where you're about to do that, and the people that are in the Ultra, the, uh, Ultra Beast world fall out back into the normal world. And I was like, what? And then Necrozma comes out and starts fighting the legend of whatever game you you picked up and then like they like fight in the air and then he slams the legend on the ground and like fuses with it because that's the gimmick of this thing is that he flatches onto them. Cool. Um, and then you, and then he like disappears and then you have to chase him. So you use the legend of the other game that you don't have. So like I have sun, so I'm using Lunala to yeah. travel through. You do like a mini game. They put a mini game to travel through the, the wormhole. And you go to pretty much what I can describe as the city from the world that never was. Oh, cool. So, like, the city part, not when you're up in the castle. It looks like that. And uh, <clears throat> you go up to the tower and Necrozma fused with the legends up there. And he turns into this fucking dragon thing. And then you have to fight him. But I got my ass handed by him because he's apparently level 60 and all my, my entire team's 50. Ugh. So I have to go grind, and that's where I ended that. But it's it's great. It's a great Pokemon game. And that's all I have to say about that. Let's cool. move on to uh, Battlefront 2. And how we actively didn't play it. <laughs> I avoided it like the plague. Okay, so one of the things that... We, we, we may have made a joke or two about it, but one of the things we've avoided talking about is what we're about to talk about right now. Yeah. Um, partly because a lot of it is opinion. And partly because a lot of it is dramatic. But I think there's no better place to talk about it than a 2017 and Rewind podcast. And that is loot boxes. Now, before on the show, I've said that I'm not inherently against loot boxes. Uh, I think if they're done well, it's my way of giving you back some money. But... Battlefront 2 did not do them well. <laughs> no, they did not. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was 4,200 hours of playing to unlock everything normally and $2,100 to buy it all. Yep. Something like that. I don't have 40 or... No, it was 450 hours. 
Uh, I don't have 450 hours to devote to a game ever. I think the closest I've ever gotten to that is other than like MMOs that I've played for nine years is uh, probably The Witcher 3. And it was probably more like 300 hours in The Witcher 3. So I didn't, I would never have been able to get it all because I have a fucking life to live. And I also played The Witcher 3 for a year. Like, I played that game almost every day for a year. Yeah, you really did. Uh, it's, like I said, it's my favorite game of all time. Um, but they don't want you to play it for 450 hours. They want you to, and by the way, the $2,100 is an estimate because they're loot boxes. Yeah, so it's random. So it's randomized. And if you get everything, like everything you want when you need it perfectly every time, uh, that's $2,100. It is way more likely for you to expend more money than that. I also am not going to spend $2,100 on a game that I paid 60 bucks for. I'm not going to pay $40 for Darth Vader. <laughs> and it breaks my heart because Battlefront 2 looks fucking cool. Yeah, it, it did. It looks dope. It's Star Wars. Star Wars holds a special place in both our hearts. I love Star Wars. I liked The Last Jedi. I liked The Last Jedi, too. That's all we're going to say on The Last <laughs> Jedi. That's all you get. <laughs> That's all you get. You should check out our movie podcast. We don't have one of those. Well, then I guess you're not going to get my goddamn opinion on The Last Jedi, are you? But Battlefront 2 looked really cool. And it's so unfortunate that the game ended up being a steaming pile of shit. Uh, it was just greeted into the ground, uh, which is what I'm, which is my concern as to what Destiny is doing now, because Destiny is a game that I like yeah. a lot. I like both Destiny and Destiny Two well very much, but I'm my concern is that it's becoming very loot box heavy, and if it ends up being pay to win like. Battlefront 2 was. That's my concern. Just a lot of developers doing shit, thinking they can get away with it, and then people complaining and then going, oh, you you know what? You guys are right. I don't know how that happened, how that got in there. Yeah. Like the whole, like, hidden Destiny 2's... Uh, Destiny 2's hidden level wall? Yeah. Hidden EXP grinding wall. And they were just like, huh, how'd that get in there? Yeah, you know huh? what? We've fuck been, you. We've been looking at the data, and that that's not right. Yeah, fuck you. That's how you programmed it. Man, nothing will beat the Battlefront 2 people on Reddit. Oh, my God. The, the representatives for Battlefront 2 on Reddit who got thrown into the ground. That was one of the best AMAs I've ever read. That was great. They were just thrown into the ground. And that is why, again, Jim Sterling is a gift, because he had the best question in the entire goddamn thread. He really did. And it was never answered. Because he was just he was just asking like why do you think it's okay to do this, basically yeah in a much better way than I just said it because <laughs> it's Jim Sterling, um, he just said why do you think it's okay for you to do this because I don't think it is either uh, neither does Sweden if I remember correctly because they consider it gambling yeah that's that's the other Battlefront Two is considered in some. Northern European country, uh, gambling. Yeah. And by Hawaii, if I remember correctly. Well, like, Hawaii was looking into it. Like, this this got so, odd, like, out there and, like, out of control and got so much, like, uh, conversation about it that, like, people, uh, like, states and countries are, like, looking into, like, 
gambling and like what it actually means like what that actually means in terms of video games because like people would be like oh this is kind of like gambling with loot boxes and they're like it's not really gambling technically so like people are like well let's look into that let's look into that and make sure you're not pulling a leg because if you're doing gambling in a place that you can't gamble in that could be and especially in a game that's marketed towards minors i don't remember if it's tifa teen but it doesn't matter because if it's M, it's still 18 plus in which a lot of states have it so that you can't gamble until you're 21 plus because yeah. it's addictive. It's and as someone who spends too much money on loot crates, uh, like I, I realize the trap that they have and it's concerning that video games are headed in a direction that could be potentially addictive more so than they already are, because I don't know if you know this. Nick and I spend a lot of time playing video games. Kishian caught so, that. So, uh, and they, as much as we love them, it's important sometimes to realize that's not the only thing you should do. There's other things out there to do, which is why Nick and I also go out a lot. We usually go out after this podcast is done to go do something. We don't sit around and play more video games after talking about video games for hours. Sometimes we do. But usually Sometimes, not. Sometimes, but usually not. <laughs> I try not to. Yeah. Uh, so I remember one time we went out and bought Pokken so we could play Pokken, but... Uh, we, we went out to play video games. <laughs> right. But usually we'll go out to eat or go grab a beer or something after this because I think it, I, I, it's... First off, we like going out and doing things. And secondly, I think it's important to realize that video games can really rope you in. However, the last couple times we've gone out, I've been playing Marvel Future Fight. <laughs> <laughs> Such a disgrace. So, with that conversation out of the way, and us talking about how loot crates are problematic, uh, let's finish it with quickly talking about Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Neither of us have played it. It looks fucking cool. Um, but it looks it, fucking cool and meh at the same time. I don't think I'm gonna pick it up. I don't think so either because, so I own the first one, Xenoblade Chronicles One, twice because I own it. Well, his <laughs> Josh just give me a f- weird look. So I own it twice because when Smash Brothers Wii U came out and Shulk was in it, and I really liked playing as Shulk, and I was like, oh, I should pick up his game. Um, so I was like, the the Wii U version, the Wii, sorry, the Wii version, um, was the when it ca- was what it came out for, and it was like really hard to find, but I ended up tracking it down and picking it up. So now I just have it just because it's kind of a collector's thing. Um, but then they, they remade it for the 3DS, and I was like, oh, I'll play it on my 3DS. Uh, I, I still really, haven't. I really didn't, no, I, I really didn't feel like play, whipping out my Wii to play uh, yeah, Xenoblade. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll play it on my 3DS. So I started playing my 3DS, and the combat really rubbed me the wrong way. It was kind of like, if I remember correctly, because it's been a while, it was kind of like auto-fighting, but you can run around, and then you push buttons to do special moves, which it seems like the second one is. Which, it rubbed me wrong in the first one, so I feel like it rubbed me wrong in the second one. But, I mean, the game looks gorgeous and looks cool, but, like, I don't know, probably not going to pick it up. Yeah, for I, the same reason that I didn't finish playing the first if one. If I wanted... Uh, what I really like is I really like the character design of the main character. Fortunately for me, that costume is in Breath of the Wild, which is a superior game, so I could just wear that in Breath of the Wild! Yep. So... I am no, nah, I have no real desire to pick it up, but I know some people really like it, and I know you had that whole situation. Uh, the final thing we want to talk about is not a game that came out this year, but is a game that is near and dear to both of our hearts, 
and has been constantly updated since it was released. And that is Overwatch. Yeah. Uh, this year, I believe we got two characters. We got Moira. And who, Doomfist. And Doomfist. Uh, I haven't had a chance to really play because my brother's been playing. Um, not that you would have played anyways. Not that I would have played anyways. But uh, Doomfist is a blast. Uh, not really my play style, but definitely fun. Yeah, same. Moira's really fucking cool. Yeah, I like playing with Moira. This year we got, got an update to Mercy. Oh, we got a... I think we got Arisa this year, too. Arisa's one of my favorite tanks if we got Arisa. I think we got Arisa this year. I love Arisa. If I got that wrong, I'm apologize. I'm pretty sure we got it this year. I love Arisa. She's a blast. We got the updates to Mercy, which make Mercy better. Yeah. Which uh, is important to Nick because Nick is a Mercy main. Uh, we got some really cool events. We got the Overwatch anniversary event this year, yep. which was fucking incredible. I loved that kind of single player horde mode that was going on uh, where you could play as a bunch of different characters, but canonically you play as Torbjorn, Mercy, Tracer, and Reinhardt. And it was so fun. I played hours and hours of that. Yeah, it was really uh, fun. The Halloween event was really fun this year with some really cool costumes. Yeah, uh, same as last year. Uh, same with uh, the Summer Games. Summer Games they came repeated. out with the best Mercy costume. Yeah. Freaking goddess Mercy. So yeah, it did come out this year. Okay, Arisa did come out this year. So we could talk about Arisa real quick. Really a blast to play. Uh, I love her... Basically, ability to just buff a fucking team. Arisa is definitely nice on a on a good team in Overwatch. Uh, Doomfist is just really fun, and I like the fact that he's in the game in general. But I'm not good with him. No, me either. Uh, I haven't tried out Moira yet, but I will. I definitely having my brother plant having the Winter Games go on right now or the Winter event going on right now definitely makes me want to play Overwatch again because some of the skins in the Winter event are incredible, including. Snow Owl Anna, which I fell in love with. Yeah, it's dope. But yeah, I I just think that talking about Battlefront Two as recently to the end of this as we did because it was most of the end of the year. I just thought it would be nice to end this talking about Overwatch for a little bit, how much we love it, and how even though it has loot crates, it still doesn't doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad game. Uh, it's a blast to play, and I may or may not have spent forty bucks on loot crates. Yeah, but you got that for... You got a PlayStation card. Could have bought a game Christ- with it. For Christmas. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I could have bought a full-fledged video game and spent it all on loot crates. Yeah, no, that's right. You're right. I take that back. <laughs> you fucked up. But, yeah, so... Uh, Overwatch is still a great game uh, that will be continued to be updated because that's just how Blizzard works. And goddammit, if they can't get me addicted to a... Fit- a- Fakin' video game. Fakin' video game. A fakin' video game. Oh, don't you know? I'm really hoping we get a Canadian hero soon. I, I I forget what podcast we were talking about. Oh, was it... We were talking about it on our Talon episode. I think it was our Where Talon I go episode. on a rant about how we need a Canadian Overwatch hero. Yep. And I wanted him to be a lumberjack, if I remember correctly. Let's be honest, that was all off the top of my head. Yeah. I um don't even remember what I said. But I support it. I stand by my words. <laughs> stand by my words. I don't remember. But, yeah, so uh, I think that's a... Yeah, that's all the major stuff we wanted to talk a about. A good review of 2017. Uh, overall, uh, what do you think your, your favorite game of 2017 was real quick? 
I knew you were going to ask me this, or I was going to ask you this, and I was, like, trying to think of it. I, think I mean, I'm torn between two games myself. I am, so. yeah. I, like, like, it's either Breath of the Wild or Nier. Breath of the Wild or Nier. For me, it's either Breath of the Wild or Injustice. Mm, I, I think I'm going to lean towards Breath of the Wild. I do love Injustice with all my heart, but Breath of the Wild, like I said, it's one of my favorite video game experiences since The Witcher. Yeah, I think I'm gonna lean that way too. Not, but I, I just, and I, I, it might be recency bias, but I still think Nier's a great game. But I literally just finished and st- I'm still writing off the fumes of that game. Um, but it was a great experience, like story wise. But I think just okay, because Zelda's not a groundbreaking in any story. They're definitely different in like I don't think, um, Nier's groundbreaking in like. I mean, it's groundbreaking, I guess, in a bit that it mashes together uh, gameplay stuff, but story it's definitely story-wise that yeah. kept, that hooked me. But Weirdly not- enough, we like the story in video games. Who would have thought? But yeah, I, might go with, I think I might go with Breath of the Wild just because of how new it was in terms of Zelda. It was, no pun intended, a breath of fresh air yes. to the franchise. Yes. Uh, and I love Zelda, so... Yeah, me too. It, it really... It captured a lot of very big Zelda feels for me. So I I was very happy with Breath of the Wild. Uh, and so I'd probably say that's my favorite game of last, of 2017. Yeah. Which is, I think, a good yeah a good pick. Picking the top of anything is just hard. I was having a conversation the other day with my girlfriend. I was like, what's your top five movies of the year? I don't even know what came out this year. But, yeah. Top picking top stuff is hard because you always you always got like multiple favorites. Yeah, ranking stuff's annoying. I just like saying these were the good ones. I could. I, that's fair. I like saying that like Breath of the Wild and Near were my favorites. Injustice and Breath of the Wild were my favorite games of this year. Actually, there was probably other games. I liked Outlast too a lot. But um, yeah, it's a fair it's a fair decision. Uh, but for me, I can at least say I have a favorite video game. Oh yeah. Can you can can you guess what it is? Is it is it The Witcher Three? Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Well, normally we talk about what we've been playing, but this podcast has gone on for fucking ever. And literally talking about what we've been playing. Literally been talking about what we've been playing <laughs> all so year. So I think we're, we're gonna, gonna skip that section. Probably just <laughs> you guys wrap it up. You guys can check us out on social media. We are on both Twitter and Instagram at Navi underscore Tales. Again, that is at Navi underscore Tales. Send us pictures of your New Year's party because this is our last podcast before New Year's. Yes. I guess. Or wait, send us your Christmas presents. <laughs> and Josh fucked it up again. Coming out. Send us your Christmas presents. <laughs> there it is. Fucking hell. I I hate not knowing when these podcasts are coming out. I know when these podcasts come out. I'm just dumb. I so send us just just send us selfies. I, I want to see all your shining faces. But so no, I'm gonna show show me what you got for Christmas so I can get mad that you got nice things that I did. I already got my big Christmas present this year. 
I came home the other day from work with my boots cracked in half, and it was the day it snowed. So my sock was soaking wet, and I thought I had trench foot. And my mom said, I got you new boots for Christmas. Just put them on the counter. <laughs> I was like, thank you. So I already got my new Christmas, my big Christmas present this year. So, uh, but it was worth it, and it, it made me feel real happy inside because I have new boots and my feet aren't cold anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Check us uh, check us out on social media, and until next time, we'll hey! We'll see you in 2018, motherfuckers. See, see you in 2018, where we have a lot more lore in store for you guys. Hell yeah. See you then. Bye. Love you. Daniel, what do you think of Star Wars? I haven't seen it. What the fuck? Didn't you see it? Daniel wasn't with me when I seen it. I thought you were waiting to go see it with him. Nah, we didn't. Okay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> we were gonna, and then Sunday rolled around. Dad was like, want to go see Star Wars? I'm like, where's Daniel? He goes, in Massachusetts. And I went, so we're going to go see Star Wars? He goes, yep. And I went, all right. <laughs> he had to pick up Daniel at like 10. He didn't want to wait that long. That's fair. It is Star Wars. <laughs> it like all sat on your head for a second, so it just looked like your hat was on fire. My hat is on fire, because this hat is fucking fire. This is the most lit hat of all time. I'm digging this hat. <laughs> Want to know why I think I, I like this hat so much? Why? Because I'm a Leo. Um, I keep telling people the reason I'm doing things. I've come to the conclusion the reason I am the way I am is because I'm a Leo. The stars aligned on the day I was born, and I'm a Leo. Uh huh. That's it. That's but, the answer. But, so, like, next time I text you and say, "Hey, I'm pretty sure I just ran over my phone," but guess what? It's fine. You know that. You know why I did it. Because you're a Leo. Because I'm a Leo. That's it. And you're a Sagittarius. Wrong. Cancer. Wrong. Aries. Wrong. Scorpio. Scorpio. Right. I don't even know what my birthday is. No, not at all. I have no idea when your fucking birthday is. I don't know when anyone's birthday is except like my family. And I barely know when their birthday is. The only reason I know, no, I'm not saying that out loud. <laughs> I don't know why I come here sometimes. I don't know why you come here either. I mean, other than we have a standard day that we record and you like my company. I'm cute as a button. I was describing to someone why I would do poorly in prison earlier. My reasons where I have a Disney princess tattoo and, and I'm cute. Leo. That I'm a Leo. Uh, <laughs> I have a Disney princess tattoo and I'm cute as a button. And that is why I would not do well in prison. That's fair enough. Because they'd see my beautiful, long, thick hair and I think. I was talking to somebody about your. I don't know the fuck. Oh, when I went to buy my phone, the guy had, um, had tattoos, had like Beauty and the Beast tattoos, but they were like. It was kind of like. Kind of, they were like mirrors almost, but and like there was a character in each mirror. I was like, Oh, my friend has a giant stained glass thing on his shoulder, and he's like, Oh my god, I'm so jealous! Yeah, dude, I love my tattoo. I was showing off my tattoos today because some guy didn't know I had tattoos. Because you got like, when I wear the right shirt, you don't see any of my tattoos. Because you're not a moron and get it on your neck. No, no, not yet. I um, because not yet. <laughs> I'm a Leo, Nick. I um, so I already hate this. <laughs> So I How long uh, have I been here? I already hate this. So I uh, haven't gotten any super visible tattoos yet, but like, so I was like, dude, I got three tattoos. He goes, really? And I had to take off my hoodie and I was like, look it. 
and I showed him all off. And he was not impressed by my giant Beauty and the Beast tattoo because he was 58. Um, he's like, yeah, I haven't gotten any tattoos because uh, I can't think of anything I'd want on my body forever. I was like, I got a Disney princess tattoo. <laughs> like, I mean, in my own defense, it's a pretty badass Disney princess tattoo. Yeah. I mean, it's not technically a princess. Yeah, it's uh, a giant stained glass beast from Beauty and the Beast. It's my favorite tattoo by far. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the other two. But, like, by far my favorite tattoo. Yes. Although I will say, it wasn't my favorite experience getting a tattoo. My favorite experience getting a tattoo was the family tattoo we all got. It was... I... Damn, Chris. How it cleared up. Dan... Okay. You have an issue? Daniel's tattoo... So... It's a uh, Celtic Trinity with a crown of thorns woven through it. My dad, my brother, and I all got it exactly like I just said it uh, with um, the crown of thorns is iron, um, like an iron green copper color. Uh, my mom's is golden. My mom's is in the middle of her back, smaller than ours. Dad's is on his right arm, and Daniel and I both got it on our chest. However, Daniel's, when he had his done, had this weird – it looked like a it, – it must have stained his skin from the second skin we had on it. So, like, it looked like it had exploded a little bit. Like, it looked like the, the ink had ran. Hmm. And it was, like, staying there for a while. So it must have stained his skin for a while. But now it's cleared up. Yeah. I haven't seen my brother without a shirt on in a while. Yeah. So that's why I just did what I did. But nothing will beat the, the fact that my dad bitched and complained about getting his arm done. I was like, he, he got his right arm done where I have my Beauty and the Beast tattoo and my cross. And my dad was just like, that hurts so bad. I was like, dude, have you seen my left arm? Like, I'd sat for six hours and got that done. I was like, don't be a big baby, dad. <laughs> and then, like, I had my chest done. And I will say my chest hurt more than the entire six hours of my Beauty and the Beast tattoo. I would never get another chest tattoo. Daniel was fine though, because Daniel's not a big bitch. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's because he's a Scorpio. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we're Navi Tales. Yeah, the Tattoo Lore podcast. The, the Tattoo Lore podcast.